Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cuttings with Matrix on the 13th of May, 2018. There are different realities. There have always been different realities down through history. George Orwell talked about it in his book 1984. You find that Huxley did the same thing, Aldous Huxley, with his Brave New World. But Orwell had the, the statement running through his whole book that the proles don't count, where Winston's just hoping that the proles eventually, the proletariats, you know, the ordinary people, would one day figure out what was happening and change it all because it was obviously wrong. That's a mistake right away, even if he could inform them to believe that they would do something about it. There are different aspects of human nature and how to control human nature and how to motivate human nature. For instance, it's quite easy by an authority to train the public to obey the authority, to encourage them that they have a national government or a nation of their own when it's time to go to war. Use the, the, the people to go to war against some other nation or region or whatever they want to call it these days and plunder their assets on behalf of the, those who own your country, which is never the people. And they go off and do it very quickly. It's a very basic instinct, which is dragged out of the pit, but unfortunately it's used against the general population, not for them. And they never figure out, generally, uh, that they were even used in the first place. Propaganda is very simple. Those enemy bad, you good, uh, you go fight for us. And it works every time. There are also many ways to divert the people off of even following a basic thread of fact, if they want to. So it's a, co- a completely perfect art today. And you can distract them so quickly by different techniques. And, uh, for instance, you, you keep looking at the newspapers and all you get is photographs and scandals to do with Donald Trump. Uh, when they want to divert you off what's really happening, the very fact that there's a continuation of the neocon agenda, which also went through the, the Barack uh, Obama regime as well. It's all regimes. I, call, I think when you call other people's regimes, their government's regimes, call, call what you've got yourself a regime, because that's exactly what it is. It is. You, you don't know the people that, that are in power. You get their names and you get smiling photographs and PR shots, but you don't know who they are or what organizations they previously belonged to and who has okayed them to even be in politics because they are okayed by a much higher authority. And Quigley talked about this. They all belong to the same organization in every country. And every high member of every party belongs to the same organization. And that's why the agenda never falters never falters. We've been at war so long now, and we forget it because we're not exhausted like World War I or Two. We were on heavy, heavy rations and so on. They've got it so figured out with the con job of Maynard Keynes and the, and the new form of currency manipulation that they can keep disinflating the currency and inflating the currency. And they have every other country bailing out every other country and also borrowing from the World Bank and the, and the Bank for International Settlements to, to manage it all. But your currency is getting worth less and less and less all the time, if you haven't noticed. Eventually, you'll need barrel loads of it to go and get your favorite uh, latte, as they for some reason like to call it these days. 
but we we truly are. We truly are. So <laughs> it's magically manipulated today in different realities. Russell talked about it. Many others have talked about it. Uh, those who are governed and lead are given a completely different reality at growing up from childhood than the, the ones who are going to ordinary schools and believing in their indoctrinations. Can you imagine getting up in the morning and knowing exactly what you're going to do that day and what your whole world agenda is and you don't even take notes of what's given out as news because it's so far down beneath you. It's meant for the proles, as Orwell would say, at the bottom. It's to keep them in ignorance, not to give them any knowledge to wake them up, but to keep them in ignorance. That's what it's for. Because reality is vastly different. In the last few weeks I've been going through just some of the organizations, there are countless organizations of this multi-layered non-governmental organizational system all working on behalf of those who own the planet. And the government uh, simply is there to rubber stamp the recommendations and the plans and agendas are set out for them to implement. That's truly the way it is. Remember in 2006, I think it was, I played over the air, and it was shortwave worldwide at that time, uh, and some internet too, and it, it was to do with the North American Free Trade Agreement, the one the final, because they keep updating it, you see, and you had the three amigos, the three presidents of three main countries, prime ministers and presidents, always getting together every year to integrate the next step and the next step and the next step, up until 2005, I think it was, because that was supposed to be one of the great final steps, not the completely last one, but great final steps to implement it all. And the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations, came out on television in Canada, openly, as themselves at the time, a private organization, which is just the, a branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, the other big private branch in Britain, and they were, they were over ecstatic about, about the fact they were bringing in a, a form of governance for the whole of the Americas based on the same system, they hoped, as, as the European Parliament, which they admitted their organizations over there had set up too. Remember, you're not voting for these people. They're private. But that's the real system that runs the world. To be anybody in the world, you have to belong to it. And to belong to it, you must be asked belong to it. In other words, if they need you or, you, or, could, or could use you, you'll be asked. If, if, you, if they don't trust you or you can't be used for something, you'll not be asked. The system that it runs in is called the Chatham House Rules. One story for the public, if you ever ask questions, one story amongst yourselves. Very secretive. And it was always for world government because Lord Bitter and Russell and all these characters were members of it, going all the way back to Lord Alfred Milner who we know at that time he was in charge of, uh, for a quite a long time, the, the ultimate phase of it, for bringing in global governance under a British system. Eventually it was to be passed on to the States, which they did. And the States has been the battering ram and the big gopher to implement this, this system. And you'll probably go on forever being distracted by liars. There's lots of liars out there who know darn well who you're really working for. <laughs> in this world, and uh, who's behind it all at the very, very top. Uh, other ones will go on about this strange, oh, this this vague, this mysterious globalist, they call it mysterious globalists, or, or, or Illuminati, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and so on. 
And it's not hard to find out who wags the whole the whole dog, the whole dog's body across the planet. Because every every country is just a dog getting wagged at the moment. But the U.S. at the moment does supply the military uh, and the, the financial system through taxation of a massive population. Although they're, they're getting bankrupt, of course, with the money they owe. And once they've completed their job, they will have the plug pulled on them like every other nation's had in the past, too. It's rather sad, isn't it? It's so sad, but I remember reading a long, long time ago different books on on studies of ancient civilizations, including the ones of the Roman observers of Britain, for instance, early Britain. And uh, you had other ones who worked for, for, for and, and wrote, wrote about the, the. They always studied the people. If you want to conquer people, you must study them. Today we use anthropologists, literally. They go in with the military and, and study their target areas to advise on culture and how you strike them or change them or manipulate them or even depress them so they won't fight back. Psychological warfare. Very important field. Military also has incredible listening centers across the whole planet that takes in all data electronic. And if they're going into war or the Arab war, they constantly monitor all the chatter going back and forth, uh, all kinds of communications. And of course they're doing it with all the populations of the world, even their domestic populations too. They've been doing it for years. And yet they send people off to fight to keep freedom, which is ridiculous. And folk can't even figure that one out. What kind of freedom are we talking about here? Going to pass on the same ultra-high monitoring of everything you do say and so on to other people and, and make sure that they use it? Well, nothing changes. Nothing changes, does it? Because in ancient times, getting back to Rome and Britain and so on, I think it was Tacitus wrote stories about Britain and how the people were. But you could, you could, he found out. And the Romans had to use these techniques, just like they do today. All countries do the same thing today in warfare and so on, or taking over countries. You can find out dissensions amongst different little groups. And they can be very slight, but they, they exacerbate them. And they, then, you, then you have them splitting off, then you fund a different one, or even fund them all, and have them fight each other. That still goes on today. The same thing happens within our countries too, of course. But getting back to Tacitus, he says it's quite easy to buy off certain people. Nothing changes. And that's why no no country truly has a, a, a complete solid nation today. Well, almost. But every other country um, has so many dissensions. And it's no different than politics. Politics is just a substitute for for, for open fighting power play. And Carl Quigley said for the CFR, he says that they supply all the leaders for, they're all pre-selected before you vote for them, or think that you vote for them, and uh, and they've they've already sworn allegiance to the big agenda of the Council on Foreign Relations, or Royal Entry for International Affairs. Now they also have one for the whole of Europe, and the politicians there, European Council on Foreign Relations, private organisation. And that's why the agenda always sails ahead. And it goes all the way back. You'll find it, yes, you will definitely find it with different uh, Freemasonic groups going way back into the 1500s at least, at least. 
and with uh, those who controlled the money, even today, same thing. Uh, this is a connecting factor amongst all of this, this this structural system of who's on board, who benefits, who gets extra privileges, who gets to know a little, a little bit more, and who gets ahead in life. Very, very prevalent still today, by the way. Ask anybody who's taken the cash and played the game. You might know some. And it's rather sad, isn't it, that you wait to be told rather than rely on your instinct. Your instincts are your first line of defense. If something smells wrong, it is wrong, at least for you. And when you know there's something going on with people, why do you fall right back into supporting them when you forget that they've just done the dirt in you all before and then again and again? It keeps, keeps happening. Shame on you. You should know better, shouldn't you? But we are living in an age today of massive deception and everything you look at, as I've said before, everywhere you look for even help has generally been compromised or even put up in advance because if you have so many different personality types with little variations of what they want to do to change the world or even you stop the changes or whatever it happens to be, you've got ready-made suits out there for you to step into. This one organization runs all of this and you don't even know it. That's how it's done. That's how it's done from those who walk between the darkness and the light, you know, the black and the white, the tesserated floor, etc. They know what to do. That's how you run the world. And those who do it are well rewarded and given extra freebies you'll never even hear about to do with uh, better and more in-depth health care that gives you a bit of life extension, in fact, for that matter. I've also mentioned in talks that... Rockefeller Foundation and the brothers way back, as far back as the 30s, in fact, in the 30s, the whole group behind it all, planned and did studies to, to plan how many newspapers and magazines they need to own and control to standardize public opinion. And they worked out, again, actually around the 30, 33 <laughs> number. And they stuck to it, too. It took actually more eventually, but they had select areas for for categories of different kind of people, different classes of people and professional people, including their own bureaucracies for government. Uh, different magazines were put out for them too to standardize their opinion. And the pros at the bottom through their, their kind of more lowly sports type oriented uh, newspapers would get the pros stuff, the very simple stuff. And for women, too, you'd have lots of stories on romance, blah, 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 fashion, and so, et cetera, et cetera. Hasn't changed to this day. But the whole point is not to let you know what's really happening. That's, that's, that's the last thing. That's what's there for, to make sure you don't. But standardizing public opinion on, and all the rags would do that, still do, at the same time when they're on board an agenda together. Have you noticed that there's no condemnation on mainstream but it was still called mainstream media <laughs> across uh, the Western world against the wars now. It just stopped uh, as though it, didn't, it never existed. And not talk about everything else except what's happening now with Israel um, and, and Syria and Iran. Again, part of the neocon agenda. And no one's to talk about it. And you think that's just because what? 
because they haven't noticed or something? Are you kidding? It's just amazing. But that's what you do. Because the purpose is also not to inform you of anything that really matters. It's also to persuade you to behave and think in a certain way and what to believe. That's the standardization of opinion. And they want to keep you dumb and stupid and, and believing in falsehoods. That's what they do. And it's worse than ever today. Because they don't even go out to even find even basic little stories, even local ones. It's all done on the internet. And they just pick up stories that are put out in handouts, actually, by corporations, by governments that hand out fly. You know, just here, print this, and they're happy to get Philip space for nothing. And they'll do it. Corporations, pharmacology, they, they stick out stuff all the time in them too. And those who control the agri-food business, they have lots of farming magazines out there, generally owned and run by the corporations who own the farm equipment and the, the chemical industry that runs it as well for, for pesticides and herbicides, etc. And so everything is controlled to keep you in the dark, stupid and very obedient and to pay for all, to, for all these wars of conquest, etc. And not to protest it, to give you other things to worry about at home. And you'll find, for instance, why are not... Have you ever noticed all these so-called anti-fascists? Where are they when it comes to your own country fomenting and paying for war across the planet, sometimes for other people? I mean, where's the objections? Have you noticed it's not there? Well, that's enough to question it, isn't it? And it's also for those who are involved in the bottom of it level or thinking of joining it. Maybe you should think about that before you do. Because surely, if you see injustice anywhere, you would think you would all be out there to condemn it, but you're not, are you? Not at all. Interesting. And it's a sad thing that folk can't think for themselves. They want to join and belong in some uniform thing. Very interesting, that in itself. That's a whole separate part of it, too. Uniformity of people. And protesters. There's so many different groups, for instance, before the Russian Revolution, uh, of uh, anarchists and, and all the divisions of anarchists kept changing the meanings of it. And they had different divisions and types of them and so on. And, you, and until the anarchists, that generally they used to be a, a, literally loners at one time, formed groups and cells of anarchists, which was kind of throwing the, the, their function out the window when you actually belong to a group with a common cause, you see. But by the end, of, but before the Russian Revolution, even into the Russian Revolution, you still had different groups all vying for, for their version of power, very much like, like you found in uh, the life of Brian and Monty Python. Monty Python, for all uh, the, the mayhem in it, um, and they're, they're bashing, of course, at Christianity, which was pretty common. Again, to get ahead in life, you've got to do that in the today's system. You've got to bash Christianity, as it must be, because there's powers that control things. You know. But they, they did come out with an awful lot of good stuff uh, as well. They would show you how the systems worked. And different good comedy skits with, uh, for instance, the different People's Republic and or protesters for Israel. This is set in ancient Israel, supposedly, in the life of Brian. And uh, then they'd have arguments with the ones across the way, which was just a, a different definition, the same thing. 
but with words, just the same words actually, but, but a different order. <laughs> the people's army for blah, blah, blah. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. And, uh, and it's awfully interesting too, all the different groups down through time who belonged to different groups are used and then, then wrung out, dried, and, and often thrown to the wolves once their time is up. So never be a follower, especially a, to walk into a pre-made, I call it pre-made shops, like suits, whatever flavor of anarchy or, or um, protest you have. As, as I say, there's a division already made for you with a ready-made suit to walk into. Just step into here. Does that fit you? One size fits all and away you go. And if you don't like it, you can go to the next one, the slightly different color, and, and try them. It's the same with religion too. I mean, people now shop for religions. They're so bored. And what they shop for, uh, uh, really, uh, and the, the controllers know it so well, is something that gives no rules. And, well, who's going to, who's going to speak out against that? Well, there's no rules in this one. Uh, there's no punishments for anything. There's no right or wrong. You just, you know, and that's the way you go. Quite some, eh? I can remember... There was a woman at the United Nations giving a, a talk in some some meeting. It was printed in a in a newspaper, and she explained why a certain group over in the Middle East, or Muslims or whatever, uh, who were getting bombed at that time, were always bombing folk around the Middle East. Um, but she said that uh, they deserved it because you see, not to worry about it or feel bad about it. And she was a New Ager. She, she said, you see, it was her karma, and. She said, their karma demanded to get this punishment. I mean, here they are getting cluster bombs. Probably, probably it was Iraq uh, dropped on you, blown up everything. But she, she rationalized it by saying, that, well, because they're, they're paying for what they did in previous lives. I thought, my God, oh my. do you understand the madness of this? When, that get, when folks start to believe this? There's nothing to stop them doing it to you down the road, using the same excuses, and you think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding at all. The people who've planned these these perpetual wars and all the plunder that they're going to get out of it for themselves, not for you. You'll do it all and pay for it all through your taxes and bankruptcies. Uh, but uh, do you realize they don't see you, the peasant, any differently than the people that they're slaughtering over, over whoever over there happens to be, you know, those songs over there, over there. They love these songs over there. It's never back home. But eventually the eating machine comes back home, and the people who are running it, uh, these wars, don't see you any differently than any peasant that they're blowing up anywhere else. Don't forget that for an instant. And when such incredible m- movements are underway of warfare, and I've given talks about this before too. Don't forget the warfare has many different consequences. It also has massive changes in all sides that are in the conflict. And there are big big plans which they need war to make these plans actually happen. Don't forget again, Quigley, who taught many members of the State Department in the techniques of so-called diplomacy, when it's already a plan, you really, you work, your diplomacy to them is a plan. It's how to get what you want from an enemy or an opponent. And he said you can get more done in, in five years of war, 
on a social level, a social, a change is taking rights away and all this kind of stuff, then you can, using propaganda and persuasion and 50 years of peace. So they'll love war. And don't forget what the big agenda is too. You've already seen part of it laid up. Europe will never be the same again, never. So it's used as a weapon against Europe too. Don't forget that. And now with this one, if they go ahead with the whole of Syria and then Iran at the same time, and people will get out of Iran knowing they're going to get demolished. It might take a few years, it might not, it may be very quick. But they're going to get out. And then you're going to get the different groups that Saudi Arabia is bombing away at. You're going to get four, maybe ten times as many rushing out this time into Europe and North America to change the whole system forever. And that's part of the plan too. So don't blame the people that you eventually will, you'll see doing it. Blame the ones who planned all this to happen. Because they'll never let you into their big secret. Never. Never, never. And all those who pretend they're part of you uh, as, as media of one kind or another, or another, I stress again, it's meant to persuade you to go along with it all. Under the guise that they're actually, no one's fighting this. No one's fighting it at all. They're telling you to go along with it and who you support. That's, that's, that's the giveaway and all. <laughs> and you can still get that past you as well. Eh? You're being told and persuaded and that's what audiences are for. And that's what the audiences of media are for as well. To be persuaded to go along with their master's bidding. Who, who to hate. Uh, who's the good guy, even though the, the, that's generally a lie, and opposite is often the, the, the fact. But for you, there'll be no good guys, eventually. The fallout will do us all in. That's intentional. Completely intentional. And it took years to prepare, years to prepare for the neocons to get right back in again openly as themselves. Because they knew when they got Bush Jr. in, from the beginning, this is how long-term the plan is. They knew they would give themselves such a bad name with their wars. Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Libya, and so on. And other ones as well, by the way. That they wouldn't get openly voted back. So they brought in, they came in with, a, with what you might call a, a, a camouflaged horse, you might say. A Trojan horse. Very clever, eh? And they even worked out the mean media end of it that would bring it in again a deception using people see you're always being used as big big blocks to vote and support you're always getting used and unfortunately it's so slick today most folk can't get over it they don't want to admit they were wrong they don't want to admit they're still getting used and the suicidal ones will jump on board and stay on board uh, even when they know they're wrong and be part of the problem because we pay for all Everything has consequences. Everything has consequences. And no one's asked, no one will ever ask openly why America's across the world fighting these wars and starting them and funding them, even funding the supposed rebel armies in the first place. Isn't that the most important part of it? And it was too, you know, put some links up that the big military-industrial complex boys have, are in all the business magazines with their shares shooting up again. They're on a roll. 
and uh, Raytheon and all these different companies just, yeah, 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 on a roll. They can see you. They, they foresee a, a possibility of a, a few years of massive profits here. And also the, the oil companies and gas, just like the last time when they jacked it through the roof, well over $100 uh, a barrel, uh, and we were all paying through the nose for the same gasoline. Even though most of the country were battering, they weren't supplying you with uh, the oil to make the gasoline. It uh, didn't make any difference. See, reality doesn't matter when it comes to profits. They give you any excuse, and they always use it. Always use the same things. I was waiting for the gasoline to go up months ago, and here we go. Why change a system when it when you put the right formula in? It always repeats itself, and you get the same reward. That's what Plato said, basically. And this will go on for quite some time, but so many deceptions. Just us, and again, the silence in the media. Who owns the media? Well. Somebody's got everything quiet. Hmm? Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Yeah. The world we're living in with massive chem sprays going on all over the world and weather modification, and uh, and I'm laughing at anybody mentioning it. That's the simple tech. Now, just point them, all oh, conspiracy nuts, even though in their own scientific magazines they admit it. But if you repeat what they say, you're a crazy person. It's so easy to do that, isn't it? And uh, even though places like China uh, writes in their own papers about altering the weather on massive scales, massive scales, for the crops and so on, pretty routinely. So I've said before, truth doesn't matter in this day and age, even in the courts. And, uh, and, we're, and again, we're like stuck in that movie called Groundhog Day, you know. Where you wake up and it's the same thing. We're seeing the same thing over and over again, eh? Who, 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 were, who are we at war today with? You know, and, and that's what Winston, of course, was asked by O'Brien. He was being brainwashed and tortured. Easy to lose sight, eh? And yet all the all that nonsense, Al Qaeda to, to ISIL to ISIS to 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 dice to, is to keep throwing it all around. And keep funding the same groups over and over and over. Don't forget, but our countries and our tax money has been used for even before nine eleven happened to slaughter people across the world. It's hard for us to imagine it when we're sitting, you know, without too much pain. Most of us, and you get a roof over your head. And as long as you keep paying your taxes, you might still have a roof over your head in a little while. We get all these threats, etc. Too, because everything, everything in the system of power is always a threat. If you don't, blah blah blah, this will happen. But there are countries across the world that that uh, imagine families sitting huddling, waiting for all to to, to, to fall because you know, the biggest military complex on the planet, uh, behalf of themselves or maybe in combination with someone else or even for someone else, has already got you marked down for annihilation. For doing what? It's difficult for, for the, the completely brainwashed, and we're all pretty well completely brainwashed. That's how we're trained to be in our system, thinking the whole world's pretty nice. But getting back to the, the reality of those who are brought up in, in a higher reality of power, they're taught what power really is. And there's no niceties in power, none whatsoever. There's no playing the game, this old nonsense of being the gentleman. 
and let's have a duel type of thing. It's not nothing like that at all. It's cunning, conniving, deception, lying, and slaughtering. That's what power is. And power is camouflaged heavily, mightily, in your nations towards you all, the, the, the domestic populations, when there's, there's times of peace. It's the same power behind it. And if you take off that little camouflage, horror, you'll see the teeth. You'll see the teeth all right. Power is ruthless. And the psychopaths, unfortunately, have a tendency to rule the world. And there are many psychopaths. Psychopaths love power and money, by the way. And they inbreed with themselves because they find wealthy families who got money the same way and power the same way, and they naturally pair off together. That's how it really works. You see so many examples of it. Here's one, just just to touch on. I wasn't going to touch on it, but I got off on a thread today. I, I like to to look at different newspapers across the world, and and one in India was talking about uh, they'd had some. Tremendous bank frauds over the months in India. Big banks. I mean, India now is starting to get this taste of, of a, a nationwide, at least a glimpse of a prosperity. And the first ones in to, to take that prosperity are naturally the power-hungry psychopaths. That's what happens in every country. Because they have a craving for power. And how do you get power? You get it through money. And money can buy armies if you want, or buy all kinds of things if you want. And uh, that's power. But uh, also in India, you had, you had a, if I see if I can find it here. I know I kept the thing, but uh, it'd be nice to see if I can find it. It was a, about one particular guy who also got letters of credit from banks to cover himself while he went off to do... The dirty, his name was Narav Modi, his name is. Interesting person in itself. I'll put his wiki up too, you can get it for yourself. But he was a global diamond and jewelry house owner, starting in 2010. And he absconded in early 2018, when the Central Bank of India started investigating a $2 billion fraud case involving him and Indian banks. Interpol, that's the International Police, or for Europe really, the world's largest police organization issued, and by the way, that started, started up by the Rothschild Group, <laughs> for those who don't know, it was a private group, I don't know if it's changed or not, but the world's largest uh, organization issued a diffusion notice against Nirav Modi in February 2018, and it's been investigated in two billion fraud, and uh, that Punjab National Bank as well. Nirav Modi was the first Indian jeweler to have been featured on the covers, naturally, of Christie's and Sotheby's catalogues. Again, see, they all want that fame to get up there. Whenever you hear this, uh, this fame thing, and, and <laughs> some in America, mind you, is the biggest uh, fame seekers I've ever seen in my life at the moment, and they're the first to tell you about how famous they are. But since the company has its headquarters in Mumbai, India, in March 2018, Modi applied for bankruptcy protection in where? Manhattan, New York. Interesting, eh? It goes through his history, in a way. He's got these shops all over the place, and he designed jewelry as well for some guess. You've got to have a whole group behind you to promote what's called art, you understand? That's, that's awfully important. Because then they decide what is wealth and what is not wealth. It's the same with gold and silver, and else, isn't it? 
There are actually people who tell, who tell the rest of the world what is precious and what's worth money. Isn't that interesting, eh? But anyway, this guy, this guy, he's, he, he's holed up somewhere in Manhattan at the moment. Not too far from his flagship store, it says, flagship for the U.S. in Madison Avenue, which was opened by Donald Trump Jr. in 2015, the actual store. Eh? But uh, it says he also married another woman who was involved in diamonds, her families are involved in diamonds, and they're also involved with the Israeli discount bank, it says here as well, a revolving credit facility with Israel Discount Bank. Big players. So this guy literally has one of countless people. I'm just giving this as an example of the psychopathic con man who's got... Uh, now, it's, it's not true that all psychopaths are really hyper-intelligent. They just make a big deal about the ones who, who manage to, to pull it off. But uh, you'll find in, with psychopaths, they're not loners. They, they can recognize other psychopaths, and they'll intermarry with other psychopaths. And they can pull off big, big... Uh, Scams across the planet. What do you think the banking scam was in 2007 and 8? What collapsed the economy in all the countries? And everybody's dollar since then has been worth an awful lot less. <laughs> Inflation, eh? I'll also put a link up tonight, too, to show you they're doing it again now. The same banks are doing it again. Oh, isn't that amazing? They'll guarantee 100% mortgages for first-time buyers and folk who can't afford the same scam. Then we'll start selling them off to different banks to each other as they jack the prices up over and over again. Groundhog Day once more, eh? Isn't it amazing? Just, you really think you're stuck in repetition here, and we are. Hell is repetition, isn't it? By the same people. But the business of Modi is just an example of a good psychopath. His, he'll crave status, crave Praise for being so wealthy. That's what a psychopath does. They, they, they crave praise from other people. Especially the attention-seeking psychopath. Actors and actresses, by the way, are lumped in with the hysterical attention-seeking psychopath. They've got to have praise all the time. So slight variations in how they, how they manage it. Some have it all, actually, all different kinds of traits, but they're all psychopaths anyway. But I'm just giving examples of how it's done. But all the big magazines praised us in their app. Modi Forbes did it, and other ones did it too. Quite some, eh? So they're up there, riding high for a while, and uh, getting all this praise for being such a great, great crook. And it's true enough, if you induce a big scam, do it on a big scale. But when you've got a bunch of psychopaths working together, and you've got top people in the banks were involved too, who, who are in on the scam, then no country is safe, is it? It's not safe. And they can crash countries. And I'm sure India's doing all its best too to stop all this as well. But that's how it works, isn't it? It's not amazing. Anyway, if, if, if they don't get caught, you see they end up running politics as well. And then they might even become a philanthropist for tax evasion. Or, or you know, they, 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 can, they can lower their taxes by giving off the, the appearance to charities and so on. They all do that. And then they get more and more status. And then they end up like Bill Gates having injections across the planet you know, for, that weren't... Uh, <laughs> weren't demanded by the people either. I mean, it's a different system that runs this, really, isn't it? But that is a system. That is a system. The system that we, they live in has changed. It, only for the same rulers, though, who've always ruled the world through money. 
I think it was old Sam Brockman that said that he, he who hath the gold maketh the rules. He had a sign over his, I think it was his bed actually, you know, according to the biographers. And that's what it is. Everybody else, you, know, you can buy armies if you've got the gold. Hmm? Tell them what to do. Governments come to cap in hand to, to, to lenders all the time. Private lenders. So it's awfully powerful. More powerful just to own this, the, the, the system of wealth, isn't it? Then everything else must, must be under your command, obviously. If you're fed up with any government, you, you simply withdraw loans and so on. You don't loan them anymore. The public get fed up, living in poverty and overthrow the, the, the Hoover's elected or, or dictator. It doesn't make any difference, sorry. And they get you out. The people, they get, the people get you out. And we're going into this, this system now, as I say, uh, and the, the, the Council on Foreign Relations talked about a few years ago, and I read it at the time when I was on the air, where they said it was time for philanthropists and the big boys to take their, their place in governing the world. And folk, I went over folks' heads, because you're not electing them. See, they're not running for government. They're just managing the world, like the Musks and all the rest of them, using your tax money, naturally, even for their own corporations. Now, what I'm going to do now is to put a few links up for you to look up if you want to. To do with how we're really managing the world, to do with uh, Agenda 21 for the whole 21st century. Remember the whole agenda with this div- divided parts that you sign on to every 15 years or so for the next step, the next step. But it's for the whole century, whether it's 2030 or whatever, it's still for the whole Agenda 21. Drafted up from the Biodiversity Treaty of Morris Strong in 1992, the Air Summit, the Rio Air Summit, and updated ever since. And we don't vote for any of these organizations that make, brought it into effect, hand it to your governments, and the governments rubber stamp it because the governments at the top are told to rubber stamp it by those who rule the world. And yes, of course you have folk who rule the world. Of course you do. They had boast about it, in fact. They boast about the fact, the Council on Foreign Relations, that they had drafted up the whole of the European Union's uh, treaty and agenda and so on, the structural system. Well, nobody voted for them to do that. They did the same thing for NAFTA. That's who drafted it all up, handed to the governments, and they used to be put into law. And we, in the old days, it used to be that countries, if I had a king or a queen or a princess or whatever it happened to be, you could, if they got married to another king or queen or princess or prince, they got big chunks of land. Sometimes whole countries went along with it, including all the peasants that were lived on it too. Nothing has really changed, folks. You haven't figured that out. It's great how terminology and names the changing throws you right off what you're actually seeing and what you're living through. It truly is. So Agenda 21 is alive and well. They've always had, from up at least the 50s or 60s, even before that, the agendas, they had it worked out. There's too many of you that there will be in the future. They bring down the population. How do you do it? Well, you bring them back down to the old standards they had before they had more money and better food and so on. And they'll start dying off with diseases, etc., etc., etc. But in the meantime, in the scientific system, give them cheap entertainment. You can make sure they can rut like, like animals, as much sex as they want. And they've already trained them that the first signs of pregnancy, you must be sick. You've got an illness, it's called pregnancy, and they run off for abortions. That's what happens. 
They said they could do this before they made it all happen, before they gave the pill or anything else out there. They said they could, and sure enough to have done it. Fascinating to see that. There's not much they can't make you do. Give them time. They can do anything. Anyway, they're bringing in a car-free day nonsense just to get that through your head with repetition, repetition, repetition. In Wales, for instance, you have a car-free day. They give out your money and grants to pay organisations to turn up and protest and, and, and give and wave their signs and stuff and go into children's schools and tell them how nice they'll be if they don't pollute the planet and go into a third-world status. Also, maternal health care disappearing in rural America. That's another article, too. It's happening across the whole world. That's why I'm using... Whatever I tell you, but one country is happening everywhere else at the same time. This should give you another clue that you're already under a global governing system. And, again, they said they'd have to force folk into the cities or persuade them or nudge them, like Sunstein said. And how you nudge them? Well, you make sure there's just no amenities left in the rural areas. It's unsustainable. We can't guarantee electric power to them. We can't guarantee, in fact, they won't guarantee good internet speed throughout, I mean, in, in any country area. This is the agenda, just like China is doing the same thing, by the way. And China is a model state for the world. Every few months, they, they, they move millions more out of the rural areas and into the cities for the factories. We don't even have the factories now because we're non-productive. We're consumers. Service economies. All planned before most of you were even born. Most folk don't even ask why what happened. That's, that's oh, it's an amazing system, isn't it? When they don't even think of asking, how did we get here? And so you, you frighten people, but they can't get good health care in, in the rural area, or it could be a long time before they can get you to the hospital. If it happens, yada, yada, yada. Fear, fear, fear. And if you have families at all, then generally the woman is definitely not going to put up with that. The children want high-speed internet. And it's so darned expensive in the country with satellite and so on. And you can only use about one, one computer at a time on satellite. Unless you're going to spend hundreds of bucks a week, hundreds per week, to, to have a, a higher service or something. It's up to you. And also, severe U.S. nursing shortage accelerates rural hospital closures. I've got ones on Britain, too. It's exactly the same stories, happening everywhere. Cutting back, cutting back, cutting back. And most of the folk are coming in to, to Europe don't have any hospital care. They haven't paid anything into the system. But they're coming in, and they are having children, so and that's a lot of money. I'm sure America's going through something similar. Everybody is. Until the folk who need it for other reasons, healthcare, that was really set up for, can't get it at all. There are too many articles like that, actually, over the years. Then Oklahoma Rural Hospital CEO says we need nurse practitioners to fill physician shortages. Uh, the problem, too, with the whole healthcare system everywhere is that it's just way too expensive. Way, way too expensive to, to be practical anymore. Everybody wants to be a multimillionaire. Even the CEOs that in charge of hospitals want multi-millions per, per, month, per, year, per year. That's what they want. So do the doctors. So, and you go down the tubes. Carl Quigley did talk about that too. He said this would happen. And sure enough, it's happening. As the greedy folk get in and into these systems, get a bit of university training, and they want to be millionaires at everybody else's expense. Looming catastrophe power grid collapse now in sight. New York is about the, the system of wind power and so on, and it's how it's never really constant with anything. 
Again, even articles from Britain, it's the same thing, that the, the, the government was paying. <laughs> Britain's such a great feudal system, it's always been feudal. A lot of these big lords own the land and so on, were the first ones to push the votes through for the windmills. And they would get the contracts on their own lands and get paid for putting them up there. And also, when there's too much power getting produced during higher winds, the government will pay them to shut it down, and they'll pay the time that they actually they're shut off as well. I mean, what a great business, eh, for doing nothing. Everything's a racket, folks. It really is a racket. Another one, too, is this article here, if I can find it. If it's any good at all, actually, because I get a lot of articles. I like to keep things just for references' sake. This article here is to do with court water well ruling imposes undue burden on rural farmers, it says here. Washington Policy Center, this is, this is from. Like millions of families grew up in the country, blessed with a few acres in which to roam. To some it was just a couple of acres of grass. To me, it was peace and adventure in my own backyard and the best way to grow up. One day I hoped to be able to afford the same opportunity for my children. Now a harsh ruling by the Washington State Supreme Court in Hearst versus Whatcom County blocks access to water for rural families, making that life unaffordable and simply impossible for the average Washington citizen. Declaring that counties can no longer rely on the Washington State Department of Ecology to determine if there's enough water for permit-exempt wells, the court brought the state growth management into act in a conflict with 80 years of water law, so you can't get a well and so on. You can't have people owning the water, like they've always done before, in their own well. Uh, you know, it doesn't. But it belongs to corporations. They just haven't told you yet. Maybe not even got it all set up legally. But that's what it's for, for goodness. It's the same thing when they eyed up all of Saddam Hussein's oil wells and says we want all. Tony Blair and the boys said that before they invaded, and they put that in the newspaper a few years after the invasion. Yeah, we want all that. Now it's water. Bank of Canada chief warns of high household debt. They're always telling the Canadians that. They own an average of 170% of the disposable income, he says. Well, that's why they keep throwing credit cards at them for, to juggle and tell them what they should have and, all, and what kind of standard of living they should live up to as well. All the things you've got to have, all that plastic junk that doesn't last very long, is supposed to be happiness, as the ads keep saying. Australia's biggest bank lost data of up to 20 million customers. It didn't inform them. Why tell the proles, eh? They might be unhappy. So the biggest bank lost data. The Commonwealth Bank of Australia confirmed that it lost the personal financial histories of millions of its clients years ago, but never informed them about it, and only admitted to the instant after the media broke the story. So they didn't intend to tell the public. It's about 20 million bank accounts, I guess. At least. It's always more than I tell you, or admit to eventually. And the potential privacy breach occurred back in 2016 when the bank's subcontractor apparently lost several magnetic tapes containing clients' personal information from 2000 to early 2016. That's a long period of time, eh? I think it's a lot more than 20 million people. After the media broke the story, the Commonwealth Bank of Australia issued a statement confirming the incident indeed had occurred. The bank gave no details concerning the exact number, blah, blah, blah. And says there is no evidence that any customer information was compromised. No, they always tell you that, don't they? They always tell you lies, don't they? They do. As it goes completely cashless, they keep lying about the fact that, that uh, you're... See, do you really think the ones at the top, the people at the top, 
are at risk of losing anything through wireless fraud of any kind. They're not worried, are they? It, that, that's, that tells you they're not in the same system. They make you go on. You know that. I hope you understand that. <laughs> Obviously. They're not worried at all. And 100% mortgages that crashed the economy, as I was mentioned earlier, are back. Barclays and the post office in Britain are amongst big lenders offering the loan deals to attract the first-time buyers without a deposit. Barclays Bank is part of the big mercantile bank system. Mercantile banks, they call themselves. And mortgage banks. And uh, despite these supposed safeguards, many experts believe 100% mortgages are toxic as they expose buyers to the risk of negative equity, where someone's home is worth less than their debt. And that's what happened the last time too. And then the banks themselves were buying each other's rubbishy mortgages and selling it to each other. And up in the price, up in the price, until you had that massive bubble and pop away it went. So we'll put that up as well. And also, Canada's last farm commodity exchange is closing the stores, shutting down for good. The Winnipeg Grain Exchange dates back to 1887 and became Prairie Hub, it was called. Its oldest and only agriculture commodity exchange is closing its doors, it says here. Quite interesting, isn't it? To see how things are really, really going, right? On behalf of, the, of those who run, run the whole planet. Quite amazing. And I think from everything from now on, naturally, is going to be run in New York City. That's where it all seems to be getting put to, all the stuff. And also, you've got... Roma slaves, absolutely, they, they call her the Romanian gypsy types. They don't they call them gypsies now for some reason. The slave gang who splashed out in champagne parties and lavish holidays with cash stuffed in suitcases. I'll put this link up, it's quite amazing to see it. After trafficking victims from Slovakia to Newcastle in England are jailed for a total of 40 years. Complete modern day slavery by um, Slovakian gypsies living in Newcastle. And they, they even had big, big places back in their own countries. They're almost like palaces. Actually, they are like palaces. They are palaces. That's what they are. And you should see it for yourself. This is nothing new. It won't change because there's a... You understand certain cultures that are highly ethnocentric, that love themselves, uh, uh, but they also hate all outsiders, live on literally uh, plundering all those that they really are taught, in a sense, to hate. All those outside of them. It's a cultural thing, well studied by anthropologists to the present day. And um, it's nothing new with, with the Romanian ones. That have, 20 years ago, they were giving you similar stories in the British papers. And you saw the palaces they had back in their homes with two or three, maybe four floors, decked out like palaces. And then they come back over to Europe every year and make their money there and go back again. And, and they were scamming welfare in all different counties, not just in the, in, in the countries, but in different counties. And traveling all day from, from county to county collecting welfare, different names, etc. But this, these people were getting brought in as slaves, literally. And uh, a quite amazing story it was. It says that they, that they bought the slaves for £200 each, I guess, who were shipped from... Bratislava and tens of thousands of pounds were pocketed in claims using the victims' names off the welfare, etc. No one wants to touch anything anymore because everything's so, so fragile. Oh, should we, should we say this? Oh, should we do this? Oh, can we, can we touch this? Oh, it's so, everything's so PC now that the crime runs on a rampage now. Your people are, are, cops are scared to touch you. By the way, they privatized the police force in Britain, or they're privatizing a lot of it in Britain. 
for the wealthy, so they can the wealthy can afford it. They won't get the knives. They get knives and shot in the streets and stuff like it's happening. Just for the peasants, they can, can continue to get killed and that. And, but not for the wealthy. You're, you're looking at, at, at cultures and at systems going down fast, going fast into third world status. That's what you're seeing. Has to happen, though. You can't keep forking out tax money. With, with, when, when there's fewer and fewer folk working And there's more folk coming in all the time ne- Needing this, needing that you get Something has to go You know this, the big boys do They won't be surprised because they've planned it obviously And they'll, have, they'll even know where they're going to take it after this They'll know exactly where they're going to take it all And as, as we all go down the tubes And we have mass abortions That don't have children yada, yada, yada. Las Vegas is going to have the world's biggest orgy They're advertising it and A world record event they claim and then, of course, you find that Russia, Washington's next vassal state, that's what uh, this article says here, too. There's a few of them, actually, and Israeli papers, too, are saying much the same. Putin stops neither Iran nor Israel in Syria. So far, the Russians have stayed out of the way and enabled Israel to act as it sees fit. So, Groundhog Day, Neocon, Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day. <laughs> here we go, eh? Quite something rather sad. And all you really have is a little spoof put out by one of the Monty Python crew who got in trouble a, a few years ago for using a word which began with F in a, in a song. And um, so he's now he's given another one to sing to, to Donald Trump. <laughs> Monty Python's Eric Idle Blast Trump, an updated FCC song, because that's what got uh, Idle before, the FCC. It says, the original FCC song was a deliberately controversial and explicit song Ile recorded after being fined by the FCC Federal Communications Commission for saying the F word live on radio. Now, however, Idle has the Trump administration squarely in his sights, and the remixed version was recorded in May uh, to reflect the current political situation in the U.S. because he's fed up with the very fact that uh, this net neutrality thing. He was hoping to have that change, sort of thing, but uh, or kept for the better. But now, in other words, he doesn't like the, the, the internet being completely policed. That's really what it's all about. So he's really uh, thanking, I guess, Trump for for uh, really having the internet totally policed now, I guess. That's his little way of doing it. You need a little bit of humor in this day and age because it's so hellish out there. It really is. Uh, and the deceptions are so incredibly monstrous and, and it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Everywhere you look, multi-level deceptions, disgusting. Anyway, keep your chin up, as I say, and uh, don't let the bar stewards get you down, you know. You know what a steward is, don't you? And that's just what you have to do, is uh, keep your chin up, because otherwise it will get you all down. And, and remember, our lives are little passing, little flickers of light. That's what they are in this long world. And we always think we've got to change it all in our lifetime. And it takes you most of your life to find out that you really can't change it that much because it's all managed by forces above you. I've mentioned some of them. And it's not all running the same money system, the same eternal gangs and all. From myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, your God's school with you. 